Hey everyone, thanks for joining us again for uh, the Wild Faith Adventure podcast. We're still talking about taboo topics in the church, things that we wished um, we had had a chance to talk about in church or we that we wish we have uh, would have an opportunity to talk about in church. I'm going to start over because that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Wild Faith Adventure podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, we're going through a conversation series on taboo topics in the church. Um, if you've missed some of the previous episodes, check those out. We had some really great conversations on different topics. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the taboo topic of science. Um, we're going to talk about our own experiences and how we feel about science now and what it means for us and the conversations that we wish we would have in church uh, now. I am Tyler, one of your hosts. I'm Nick. I'm Josh. And let's talk about science. Just kind of in our pre-conversation, Tyler and Nick's experience of of talking about science in the church is a little bit different from mine. So I'm I'm gonna share a little bit about my experience and then I'll start asking them some questions about that experience at dealing with science and navigating specifically science and creation kind of science in the church. But um, so for me, I, I did grow up in kind of a general uh, kind of fundamentalist kind of culture. And so the Bible was oftentimes taken very literally, except uh, as I, even we went to a lot of different churches when I grew up, but the creation story was oftentimes adapted. Um, and I remember uh, whenever I was very young, someone said, you know, we don't really know if a day was one day or multiple days. And so at that point, even when I was very young, I began to realize that people were taking some liberties with understanding uh, this creation story. And I started to realize that the Bible is not a science book. It wasn't meant to be a science Mm -hmm. book. Uh, So whenever I started to learn about science in school, I was very comfortable with uh, learning about science and carbon dating and evolution, evolutionary theory and evolutionary psychology and uh, all of these different things that I know sometimes aren't accepted in church. Uh, But I felt comfortable uh, and people made space for me to have that view in church. Even now as a pastor, whenever I'm teaching, I acknowledge you don't have to believe what I believe about this, but this is a Christian viewpoint. This is my viewpoint. And this is how I look at the creation story and some of the other concerns about science in the Bible. So that's kind of my experience. I've never really felt a, an overwhelming restriction uh, or felt like it was dogmatic in terms of what I could believe or couldn't could believe or couldn't believe about science. So, um, yeah, it just kind of seemed up to me and, uh, that's, that's where I've been, but Tyler and Nick, even in our pre-conversation shared that they had a little bit different experience. So Tyler, Nick, I wonder if either of you could say something about that. What, were some of your earliest experiences about science specifically? I think we're talking about this creation uh, story. I grew up in the church of the Nazarene. Like we've talked about a couple of times. I also, I also grew up and was educated for most of my, um, you know, elementary junior high and senior high school. Uh, education was in a private evangelical Christian school. And I think that you're right to kind of specify the creation aspect of science, Josh, because, you know, even growing up in the church of the Nazarene and um, in the church in general, and went going to this private Christian school, nobody rejected science. Um mm like people didn't just think that like 
thunderstorms were caused because you know angels were <laughs> peeing or something like that you know or thunder was angels bowling in heaven you know things people kind of joke about nobody actually believes stuff like that um you know we you know even in my curriculum growing up as a as a kid you know the we had a science teacher at our christian school we learned about biology we learned about chemistry um and how you know things in the world are um, and how they function and how, you know, scientists, you know, discover these things and their, you know, their methods of, of experimenting and observing the world. So I, I think that science isn't, was never outright rejected. Most of the evangelical emphasis of like a create a, a view of science is through like the cosmic origins of the universe you know creation um you get you know a lot the mythos of christian evangelical christians were um you know the the earth was created in seven day or six days and god rested on the seventh those were six literal days um you've got some people who you know like you said josh talk about like oh, we don't know if those days, how long those days were, but they were a certain point in time and they were understood by the writers of the Bible. Um, and we've lost sight of that. So God created it. Everything that happened in the Bible is literal and it happened chronologically. Um, and it all stems from the, you know, the scientific understanding of creation as laid out in, you know, in, in the first chapter of Genesis. Um, and a lot of that's actually associated with the literal happening of the flood too. So a lot of scientists will say like, Oh, you know, the flood, there used to be this, um, this ice, this layer of ice in the atmosphere and it melted. And that's how the flood was able to happen. So just, you know, that's what the Bible says when it means God has divided the waters. Yeah, the waters from the, in the sky and the waters um, on on the earth or the firmament, so stuff like that. Um, and you know, people and and then all of a sudden, you know, things happened when Charles Darwin came and invented, you know, evolution <laughs> and invent, invented the Big Bang theory, um, which I think that we we probably all know was invented was was observed and theorized by a Catholic priest actually. Um, but you know, the, the mythology was Dar Charles Darwin came was super, super mean, this evil guy, you know, who, who came up with a theory by studying finches. Um, and that's like, and people were like, oh, and he observed finches and bananas. And he said that they had lots of, uh, lots of correlations. Um, and you know, evolution must be that bananas and in finches are related you know just just silly things like that but you know growing up as a kid you know i that was thrown at me all the time about the creation story and how people have always been every species ever made or discovered that we know of um was created six thousand years ago um as it was um and and that's it so that's, wow, that's yeah. kind of where my experience is. Yeah. My initial, I mean, I have some initial follow-up questions. And <laughs> in, in, in all of this conversation, I don't want to be condescending at all, but this is some of this is going to be somewhat new to me in a way that I think that you're going to talk about it. Um, but I want to hear from Tyler first before I ask any other, like any follow-up questions. So thanks, though, Nick. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, similarly, well, actually, one of the things you said, Josh, is that for you, you didn't feel like it was restrictive to you, which we use that language uh, on the last episode when we were talking about purity culture and sex. And so that's kind of a theme, I think, in evangelicalism and why why we now, as, as the three of us who have, you know, studied theology and studied the Bible for so many years and, and pursued ministry um, why we're now wishing that we had had these conversations in church. Really what it boils down to is that um, there's this doctrine that is, 
it's very spread out. It's obvious. I mean, you know, there's, there's doctrine for everything. We have a perfect answer for everything. There's nothing am, ambiguous about, about life. Um, because we have this, we have this answer book, you know, uh, <laughs> that's the Bible, you know, we, we have every answer that we need from the Bible. And so that was certainly my experience with science as well. Um, any, and, and, and like, and like what you're saying, Nick, my experience was um, quite the opposite and not that science was evil as a whole. As a matter of fact, science was used apologetically for me. Um, I, I, like Kent Hovent um, was my science teacher. Um, one of the things that, <laughs> I no idea uh, who is. yeah. So I'll, I'll mention him briefly again, but he was um, my science teacher as well. I just want to say, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I, I haven't mentioned this in any of the past episodes. I don't know how I haven't included this in, in a part of my growing up in context. Um, but I was homeschooled growing up. I, I was homeschooled from second grade until I graduated high school. And so, um, which, you know, I, I don't want to get in that. There's some things about that that I can say I appreciate. I can look back and I appreciate about it. Um, uh, but anyway, I, I won't get into that that now. One, one of the things about it, though, is that um, some of the subjects that you're, that you need to be taught in school, um, your parents, if you're being homeschooled, they'll admit that they don't feel entirely qualified to handle. And science is one of those. And so my science teacher was very literally Kent Hovent. We, we watched Kent Hovent videos and Kent Hovent is, um, I don't know what his, his educational background is, to be honest with you, but he's a, he's a, Young Earth creationist um, believes that the Earth is ten thousand years old, which actually I think he deviates a little bit from some of the other creationists, uh, the Young Earth creationists who say it's like seven or eight thousand years old. He was willing to admit that it was like eight thousand, I mean ten thousand years old, uh, big big two thousand year step there for him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was my he was my science teacher, um, and, and his his view, and so the view that I had. Um, was that it was just that if you believe in evolution, you um, you cannot be a Christian. You are an atheist. You're automatically an atheist. And so, well, um, I that was my experience growing up. I, I, I and I guess I just never met a Christian who I had a conversation about with that. Um, in children's church growing up, you know, um, we were that that's, you know, there was always series about creation versus evolutionism. And, and it was always, you know, if you're brainwashed in school to believe in evolution and that automatically makes you makes you not a Christian. And so it's this anti-Christ thing, you know, it, right. it, it I mean, it kind of goes back to like the uh, yeah, yeah, Scopes trial. That's it. I don't know, 40s about whether or not creation uh, whether or not it, evolution should be taught in schools and stuff and so it goes back to that and just like what you're explaining um nick is that it 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 was it was demonized darwinism is is demonized actually what i've found recently is what a lot of creationists like to do um i don't know if you guys so charles darwin's book on the origin of the species by means of natural selection um do you guys know what the subtitle to that book is? Oh, I can't remember. It yeah, is, I don't either. It's or the preservation of favorable races and the struggle for life. Hmm. And so that's kind of a disturbing yeah. subtitle. Um, right. And and you know obviously you know with with that subtitle that is a <laughs> it's it's a lot of firepower for young Earth creationists to say look. Charles Darwin, Darwin was a bad dude. And so, I mean, of course, you know, if you look back at any theologian um, during that time period, most of them were probably tangled up in race related and, and on the bad side of history when it comes to race anyway. Yeah, probably so anyway, even own, probably even exactly. own slaves. Yeah, definitely. And so, so anyway, my, my experience is, is pretty similar in that, that I did not realize until I was in college and, you know, it's funny, I, I was in a science class that um, <clears throat> was prepared, you know, and we went to Treveca, an event or, you know, a, a Nazarene school dealing with a lot of people who were raised in that type of tradition. Not, you know, and, and, and here, you know, you go back home and you explain to your family that you're 
you now are not necessarily a young earth creationist and the it's oh now the liberal school has brainwashed you you know and so um i push back on that and say that i think that college for me um allowed me to 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 realize that i wasn't i did i wasn't forced in such a narrow and restrictive view, I could continue believing young earth um, theology if I wanted to. As a matter of fact, I had classmates who went through the same education that I did and, and they still were, I had conversations with people as a senior and at Trevecca who still held to that belief. We're not being forced to believe in evolution um, or in the big bang or, or scientific, you know, the, these different scientific theories. It's just, I was, it was, it was in college and we've talked about this on the podcast. It was in college where I was, I was able to like realize that, wow, there are people who believe in evolution, um, but also are, are Christians. And I'm, I'm, I remember I believe, you wrestling with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and, and it was early on at mm-hmm. Rebecca, really. Um, I'm relieved now because one of the things we talked about when we were in our kind of pre-conversation, we talked about how a few years ago there was this, there's a bunch of these that happened, a creationist versus evolutionist debate. And it was Bill Nye, the science guy and Ken Ham. Ken Ham is, is probably a little more popular. He's the one that did the, does the answers in Genesis. And like, as, as Nick talked about for, for, for them, for young earth theories, Genesis is not, a book in the Bible that instructs that helps us, you know, formulate our understanding of God's intentions for creation, which is what I believe about primarily about Genesis. Um, but rather it's, it's very much a scientific book. You know, this is a te- textbook for science. Um, but anyway, I, I, if you, if you go and if you go on YouTube right now and look science, you know, creation versus um, evolution debates, it's always these still very restrictive viewpoints. It's always, if you're arguing for evolution, you're also arguing for atheism. And if you're arguing for creationism, you're also arguing that there's a, an intelligent design or that you're arguing for Christianity, usually specifically. And so I've just finally been very relieved to know that you don't have to choose one or the other, that you can kind of find somewhere in the middle and you can believe in intelligent design and believe that maybe intelligent design included, um, evolution, you know, and, and not, and not have your faith shaken by that. Mm. Like I can still, I can still claim, I can still recite the apostles creed as, as my, what I believe as a Christian and that it, there's nothing in the apostles creed or any of the other creeds of the church that say, also, creation was created in seven days, you know, and that's a relief to me. And I, I, I love talking about this and I have more to say, but I'll pause there for now. Mm-hmm. So there's there's so many different things. What's this guy's name? Kent Haven? Kent Hoven? Kent Hoven. Okay. It's a, it's a thing that I think is common in the Church of the Nazarene. Um, and I've been in conversations with others who've had experiences like yours but it's just not been like that just wasn't ever forced upon me, I guess. Maybe forced isn't the right word, but I always felt free to have other ideas. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting. How, so both of you kind of reference the age of the world. Nick, you said 6,000 years old. I've heard that before. I'd, I've heard 10,000 years old, but I mean, I wanted to be an archaeologist since I was in the sixth grade. Um, and even in sixth grade, I remember we studied cultures that were very old. And there are civilizations that date back like 30,000 years and like around Tibet and, and that area of, of Asia. So I just how do you how did you reckon maybe Tyler, for you, you mentioned you're homeschooled. How did you reconcile these competing ideas? Um, was it just it was oh it's they're sinful they're just antichrist or and so you didn't listen to them? What I just can't wrap my mind around these competing ideas um, mm-hmm. and how you could reconcile those while learning about your faith. Um, 
Can you say more to that? Is there is there more to be said around that? Yeah, definitely. I think kind of piggyback, piggybacking off of um, Tyler's comment about the sub subtitle for Darwin's Origin of the Species. Um, a lot of a lot of the rhetoric, the competing ideas. It was just. I mean, you didn't even give any thought to the actual science behind you know, evolutionary development um, because evolution was a tool that was used, you know, particularly tied it to the Nazis as well Mm -hmm. about, you know, contributing to the understanding of an Aryan race that was more, that belonged and was more dominant. Um, And then that ended up being absorbed into Christian understanding of that was the way that God ordered things. And so, you know, historically, the way that the not you know the Nazis co-opted Dar, Dar, Darwinism and evolution—that's true, um, but that's also a manipulation of of the evolutionary project in general. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a retrospective understanding, um, but I mean that's what that was what was used. That people said the Nazis used um, evolution, and the reason why the the, the Holocaust happened was in part because of Darwin. And that, that was, that, that's basically the, the biggest thing was that you didn't believe in God and that it contributed to some of the biggest atrocities in mm. human history. Hmm. Yeah. And on top of that, um, because of fundamentalism and the way that fundamentalism has especially gripped the Bible belt where we all grew up in the South, that, that area, um, even, even a tradition like Nazarenes who, I mean, we, we aren't fundamentalists. We are, we, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say we've never been cause I don't, I can't say that for sure, but, but we are not fundamentalists. But if you go and ask most lay people in that area, I know in my churches, in the churches I, I went to, growing up and even in even in the churches I attended in college, most people are fundamentalists, um, you know, and, and most people of our parents age are fundamentalists. And if you are a fundamentalist, that means you read everything in, in scripture. I don't know if maybe there's fundamentalists who this isn't the case for, but it was from my, my experience. If you're a fundamentalist, then, then you read everything. Literally, you cannot read day in Genesis 1 as meaning a, a long period of time, even though if you look at the, I believe if you look at the Hebrew word, there's a, there's a theory that that day is, could be a thousand, could be a long period of time. Of course, that's still a form of fundamentalism, even still, because you're still saying that day, we, we still have to read that as a literal thing. Um, and so the challenge or the pushback to somebody who might would try to be, um, who might would try to to um, push for push forward uh, evolution? Who might say I'm an evolutionist? I'm also a Christian. Is the pushback with them is that you don't take the Bible seriously enough? You know, you're you're trying to make one part of the Bible, Genesis particularly, um, an analogy. Well, if you can say that about that, then you can say that about any part of Scripture. And so, therefore, you don't actually take Scripture seriously. But- and and so that's that's my experience from that is you don't listen you don't listen to the other side because of fundamentalism primarily simply put I don't I don't mean for to stick on fundamentalists for a while but just I mean didn't didn't Jesus do that with with scripture treat yeah. some of it allegorically right. treat some of it literally yeah. treat some of it um, paraphrasing some of it there Jesus interpreted scripture in many different ways and oftentimes not literal. That's that's just hard. Um, yeah, to, I, I know, and I don't mean to be condescending towards someone that you know does interpret scripture that way. It is a a Christian interpretation. Um, yeah. obviously we're crit- we're critiquing that interpretation, um, mm. but even Jesus doesn't interpret scripture yeah. literally, and in his cases in the Gospels, and so. I'm, and my issue with it is like I go back to if you are, you know, you're taught in church 
almost that what you're learning in a school science class, if it talks about evolution, then you need to ignore it. Uh, my, right. my pushback now is that if you're a child who's growing up in church and you're, you know, your parents desire for you to have to take on the Christian faith for your for your own faith. And then you're in school. And I know this has happened for so many people. And you're in school and you learn about evolution. Well, you learned at church that if you want to believe in evolution, you can no longer be a Christian. Well, if you're very convinced by evolution, then you're going to probably leave your Christian faith because you're, you're looking at that as, as more evidence-based. Um, and, and, and you've been told, hey, you can't, be a, you can't believe in evolution and be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so there's, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know somebody personally, but I can't imagine, I can imagine that there are a lot of people who get faced with that. And so that's my issue with, with a fundamentalist. I mean, that's my biggest critique is that you're not leaving space for, for you to not be a fundamentalist and still be a Christian. Um, and so I, I guess that's my, that's my big, yeah that's my big critique. No, that helps. That that. And, I, one of the questions that I, I have kind of in the background of my mind when we're having this conversation is, th- does this matter? Does mm. this conversation matter? Um, I, I think it does. But what I hear you saying there is, yes, it, it does matter in one case, and maybe there's multiple cases we'll get to as we go through this podcast. But this one case is that it's not essential for faith, but we're convincing people that it is. Right. And yeah. I hear you saying that that shouldn't be the case um, because we're losing people of faith uh, because we're, we're pretending that non-essential things are essential. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. Nick, you want to say something there? Uh, yeah. I was just thinking about it, uh, even in terms of how Tyler framed um, understanding in like while using the Bible, like as a doctrine handbook mm-hmm. um, and how we utilize how uh, in, a, in a fundamental understanding, we use the Bible as a science book, a historical text and a, a doctrine book mm-hmm. or a law book. Um, you know, there's no nuance to perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think that that what we talk about matters in a sense of maybe not i think that our understanding of the world matters but i think maybe what matters more mm-hmm. is how we just talk about those things and even come to um a different understanding because as we as we grow older our understanding of the world inevitably changes yeah. um whether we like to acknowledge that or not and so i think that why this conversation matters is because when we talk about the origins of the world, especially as Christians, um, you know, whether we, whether or not God is a creator as far as like a literal six day creationist, or we believe that God created um, through the means of evolution, you know, the, the universe right now is theorized to be, 13.7 billion years old and the earth is around four and a half billion um and and in a scientific understanding and so i think that both of those perspectives say something in particular about who god is Mm. and what the world is like because of the way that god created the world and when we i think that I think this is rooted in just fundamentalist understanding and the, the like this method of no compromise, this yeah. ignore everyone because you'll give the devil a foothold uh-huh. kind of thinking is that classic is a classic uh, phrase um, is that you have, when you, when we, when we look at evolution, we have to question God's character. Yeah. When you've got a God who's kind of outside creates the world you know you read the bible you know you take job literally as that god worked with satan to take away all of job's stuff mm-hmm. and kill his family you know and this history of god just kind of like wiping out groups of people you know you take that literally you run it through modern history and you're like well god had a plan he wouldn't have created things yeah. you know in six days and been involved with everything without a plan so everything's good because god's kind of meticulously moving people on this board and this is obviously my perspective on 
my interpretation of of the creationist and and i think this is this is coming from someone like me i used to believe wholeheartedly in the literal six-day creationist stuff up until um into well into the middle of my my college career but when we look at evolution um there's there's more there, there's like a higher emphasis on God being involved mm. in being on experiencing with us rather than just kind of like creating and backing off and acting when he wants to at random yep. um, where God's kind of involved, you know, and I would say probably necessarily through evolution, he has to be, um, God has to be. And so I think that, that comes to the question. So what about evil? What about all these things? Because if God's involved, what happens when, you know, the Holocaust happens? Mm. And so I think that people don't compromise. We or we, you know, I, we feared compromise because then we have to face the reality of those questions. What I hear you saying is this conversation matters because the way that we think about the creation of the world reflects on how we make sense of when there's a Holocaust, when our child dies, when our grandmother gets cancer, those, those things are somehow connected. Uh, The way we make meaning of these events in our lives are related to how we think about God's presence. God is present in the world. Is that, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean that, that you're, you're bringing up some really deep stuff there, Nick. And, and to, I don't think that, I mean, this is, this is not a clear aspect of our thinking when we think about creationism, young earth creationism, but we're, we're really talking about what, I mean, and this is what you said, I'm just kind of reiterating it. uh, But we're really talking about even who God is. And, and as a fundamentalist, it's, it, I've, I've mentioned this a few times, but I'm just fascinated by this, that we, um, and if, if we're identifying as fundamentalists, we do not, you do not like ambiguity and, and a, a literal interpretation of the Bible, um, removes ambiguity from it. It, it, it makes our, it's easier. It's more comfortable, really. It's easier for us to come up with answers. It's easier for us to say, this bad thing happened because, you know, God always has a plan. But whereas if, if you're a creationist, because I'm going to use that language a little differently and, and not so narrow, but if you're a creationist who believes in evolution, so if you are a creationist who's not a young earth um, believer, um, you, there's a little bit more ambiguity in that, right? Um, it, 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 it says something different about God. Um, and it, and it's, it's not so straightforward. It's a little less uncomfortable. Um, and I think, I think that, you know, and I don't want to get off track here, but I think that this is what scripture tells us about God. Anyway, I always like to point to the burning bush narrative with, with Moses, when Moses asked who God is, God's response is ambiguous. It is, it's, I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. Like it's this like God, Yahweh in scripture, and then, and then also Jesus and, and our understanding of the triune God, um, we believe God to be triune is ambiguous. We as human beings can't grasp that. And we're not supposed to, because when we grasp it, we make it into an idol. And so this is why you'll hear um, some people who aren't fundamentalists say about fundamentalists that it's a very, it's a very easy trap to fall into making the Bible into an idol. Um, and so, uh, anyway, so I, I think that that is important. It does, it does say a lot about God and, and I think scripture witnesses to a more ambiguous kind of, um, way of talking about God of, of saying what, this is what we believe about God. And, and I think it makes it easier. I feel like it's become easier in my life to be able to say the first thing I believe about God is that God is love. Whereas as a fundamentalist, I think the first thing I would have said about God is that God is sovereign. Um, and, and I think that that's an important distinction, uh, you know, and, and we're, again, I'm trying, I'm getting a little off track here, but we're, we're, 
we're really talking about who we believe God to be. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I want to, I, I think what you did, the conversation y'all are having is important. Um, but I do want to come back to this conversation. Yeah, or let's do that. <laughs> um, so I, both of you kind of have this mind, had this mindset maybe that to, to think of anything besides about creation, besides that it was created, that you're using the term young earth creationist to be anything but a young earth creationist is to not be Christian yet. Yeah. Now yeah. you are not a young earth creationist and you both have identified to me in the past as Christian. So mm-hmm. what, how did you get here? What, what, what convinced you otherwise? Uh, was it college? I think you, you maybe shared some of that, Tyler, and said it was kind of college, that experience in science class at college. Can you, what convinced you otherwise that you could be Christian and believe in this heresy? <laughs> it's not actually a heresy for any listeners. It's not. <laughs> Just FYI. I, <laughs> yeah, we we don't know. We don't uh, cater to heretics on our podcast. So if you're listening, <laughs> get out. Uh, uh, just kidding. We love everyone. A little bit of el, a little bit of ele. Uh, but I, you know, for me, what changed was recognizing that um, the language that we use in in general, even the way that we're talking, are and I'm not going to get super deep into that, but are, are symbols to point to realities. Um, when I, you know, when I say the earth, you guys mm-hmm. know what I mean. Um, but that doesn't encompass the full, the fu- full beauty and power and majesty that comes with the earth. I could tell you and describe a word picture of the Grand Canyon in a poem, but you're not going to be able to understand the, magnificence of the grand canyon until you go and experience it yourself and there's no replacement for that um and i think that what i understood is that when we talk about god and creation um, and even looking at interpreting scripture that in a similar way these are words that are used to express the beauty and majesty and power of god and his and God's relationship to the world and 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 that. So I think there I think there's value, um, even in recognizing young Earth creationists because I think that a lot of young Earth creationists really value the majesty and beauty mm. of creation. Um, but I think that we miss out on what all that, all the beauty that entails when we just limit it to that perspective. Um, and atheists and evolutionists um, can be can be fundamentalists as well. Mm, um, and I think I think that unless you are open to those symbols, um, you know, kind of being naturally bankrupt. Um, I think you know, for me personally, I think that all everything that we say that doesn't capture that isn't the full experience. Um, is, is, is essentially bankrupt. We, and, and I think that's the, um, that's where, where my, that's where my understanding changed to be open to evolution um, is because evolution means that you have to kind of, kind of shed your, the skin of understanding to make room for, for new, new skins mm-hmm. of understanding. Yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, yeah, it, it mainly happened in college, but I'll say, I'm not prepared to get on a stage and debate with anyone about this. Like if you, I, I mean, there's, there's even creation. I wouldn't get on, I wouldn't get on stage and debate with Ken Ham. You know, there's young earth creationists that their, their arguments are going to be, they'll be able to beat me in an argument, you know, because I don't, I don't, I don't know a lot about evolution to be honest with you. Um, I, I'm comfortable with it though. Um, and I think that it happened. I, I mentioned a science class. Um, there's a video. There's a guy named Francis Collins. He's a he's a bio, I believe he's a biologist. 
and he wrote a he's written several books and 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 he he was the first person he was on in my science class he played the science teacher played this video where francis collins was on with uh stephen colbert when when he did the colbert Mm. report and you know he's that really sarcastic Mm. character and all and i think that 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 the whole point of him having him on the show was to say that he can believe in evolution and believe in god as well and it was at that point that i was like okay it's okay for me to believe both and so i'm i'm open to it but i haven't done a lot of study in the topics myself um and so i i I and so big a big part of it for me is that most people who study scientific, you know, like the people who are scientific, they you know, that's the, the direction that they lean is towards evolutionism, and so I'm comfortable with accepting that with my understanding of who God is, my understanding with the Bible, and it doesn't affect it. It hasn't kept me from being a Christian, you know, I've, I've had other things in my life that I struggle with when it comes to my faith with doubt and all we talked about that in an episode, but evolution isn't caused me to doubt. Um, and so I, that's a great point, Nick, you said that evolutionists can be fundamentalist as well. And that's exactly where I'm at right now is when I, I, I'm just as bothered by the, the Bill Nye when it comes to that debate. I'm, I don't know how Bill Nye actually feels about it, but, but, you know, the, the side that says, if you're an evolutionist, you're an atheist and you're, you're arguing, you're specifically arguing against there being a, an, an, a, a creative designer. And then I'm as, as bothered by that as I am by the Kent Ham that says, if you are, if you are a Christian, you are a young earth creationist. I, they're, they're, they're both narrow um, and, and restrictive and, and they both bother me. And so for me, uh, yeah, I mean, to answer the question, really, it's it's I, I, I don't I don't I'm not a professional in 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 the topic and I don't even I haven't even read any books about it because I haven't even been in any specific classes about it since I've been in school. And I don't really read books for fun until I'm while I'm in school. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, I, I um, I'm just comfortable with it. I, it doesn't it doesn't. Um, cause me to doubt it doesn't cause me to not be able to maintain my faith Mm. because of it and so that's 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 kind of the primary answer to that question for me so i was going to ask like a follow-up question but you've answered some of it so i was going to ask if if is there a problem with being a young earth creationist and what i heard you say just then was that the problem you have with it is that restricting other people from from thinking otherwise yeah. um yeah is that's that still definitely, a question that's I definitely ask? Issue. is there a problem with being young earth creationist hmm. uh i think that there may there could be it's 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 a possibility i don't know myself i would have to i would have to look into that nick do you know yeah i would say that because of the history of the way that creation, young earth creationism has functioned in the past, um, culturally, I think it will be, I think it's difficult to give it any sense of, Hmm. I'm trying to say this. I, I really Hmm. don't think that it's helpful. Um, just the, just of the, the nature Mm -hmm. of it. Um, like I said, we, when you talk about the, we pick the it's not going worst representative. Yeah, I mean, and I don't mean create. I mean this for evolutionists too. We pick our culture picks the worst possible representatives mm. <laughs> of these understandings. We've got Richard Dawkins and the New Atheists. Mm. You've got Ken Ham and Bill Nye, Ken Hoven. You know, and they may be very cordial to one another on stage, on in debate, and on. But as soon as they get to their books, they're terrible to other people. They treat people like they're stupid. Yeah. Um, and they're uncompromising, and so I think I think the nature of those uh, those the, the way the, so the you know, creation, but then even the, uh, the way, yeah, mm. yeah, that's where I find it difficult for it to to be redeemed. Yeah, that that that's a good point, and and really just to kind of tack on to that, uh, part of what is attractive to me to be able to say I am okay with evolution and I I favor it in my own personal belief is that 
when I interact with people my age who who grew up in a Christian context but have abandoned that, it almost makes me feel like if I can express that to them in some form of a conversation or for whatever reason I, I am able to express that, I think it may this might be the evangelical in me. It 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 makes I feel like maybe I'm restoring a little bit of hope for them in the Christian faith. Like I, I hope that that's what may be able to happen because they may have the perspective that all Christians are young earth creationists and that's part of their big issue with Christianity. And so if I say, you know, I, I'm comfortable with evolution. I'm also a Christian. I, I favor evolution. I'm also a Christian. My hope is, is that, Hey, that maybe these young, maybe young people, my age will, be a little more comfortable with Christian faith as a result of that, mm. you know, and again, that might be the, that might be the evangelist in me. <laughs> so I guess I kind of want to turn away from the conversation about creation just for like a little bit um, and, and science and, and ask, can, can this part of the Bible still be scripture? Um, uh, if, if there's so much discrepancy and especially if you're favoring evolution and I'm, I'm asking this as someone who does favor evolution, but I just ask how can it still be scripture for you? And can you nuance that for us? I'll ask that to both of you. Um, and you're talking about, you just talking about the creation story in Genesis. Let's Josh. stick there because the flood and so much else is another <laughs> can of worms. And and then we get into the Nephilim yeah. and and uh, <laughs> non <laughs> angels. Let's do a podcast where we talk about Christian and science. We should do <laughs> we should do a podcast where we talk about like non canonical sources and how it shaped people's uh, thoughts yeah. of demons. <laughs> yeah. That would be, that super would be a fun super one. fun one. But for this time, let's just ask how and can this creation story, Genesis 1, 2, let's include 3, although I'll let you decide whether or not you want to talk about that. Genesis 1, 2, and 3, can it still be scripture for you if you're someone who uh, upholds uh, evolution as a, as a agreeing, as you agree with evolution? Yeah, for me, the, the answer is yes. And, and this, this spreads to my overall understanding of scripture and the value it brings to me, but specifically honed in on Genesis 1, 2, and 3 in the creation aspect. Um, the Whether or not it's historical or not, um, or even if it's an interpretation of, of a historical, a possible historical event, really means um, very little to me. Um, I think the way that it, the scripture that the creation story points to a God who is involved and declares that the world and its inhabitants and the universe are good. Um, it's something that I'm invested in. And the fact that we as humans are called to be stewards of the earth. So in scripture, we, you know, we're, we're co we're co-creators with mm. God, you know, in my interpretation, which means that we um, are, that's a part of our stewardship, which means that we are d involved with creation on continuing to uh, assist creation thrive. Um, and I, I don't think that humanity has been doing a good job of it. Um, and I think, and I think the reason why we have climate change and things like that uh, are because are, are due to a literal uh, six, you know, six day creation understanding of, of those three chapters. But th yeah. that gives that understanding of, of God and the world and his relations and God's relation to the world. That's, that's how it can Thanks. still be scripture for me. Uh, I'm really glad. You, sorry. Do you have, a I, I was going to say, I, I, I think both of your answers can be helpful for others that may be, uh, have felt similarly to how y'all have felt. So I think these are really awesome answers. That... Tyler, sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Um, I'm really glad you asked this question because I would say, and I'm going to say this, and it is a little bit, um, it, it would, it would 
uh, it would be provocative to somebody if there's listeners who are who hold to young earth creationism um, and and hold to a fundamental view of the Bible. But I believe that for me, um, opening myself up to a scientific sort of belief of like evolution has made me appreciate and I, I mean I studied this along with my studying of what the Bible is and, and the purpose of the Bible in college but it has made me appreciate and love the Bible as a whole but also but but primarily Genesis 1 through 3 so much more it's made me understand it a lot better um, and I think that I I hold a higher respect I'll just speak for me I was okay. going to say it more directly, but I'll say for me, um, it has made me have such a higher, higher view of the Bible than I did before. Um, and, and I mean, I, I say, you know, you really like Genesis one and two is where we start with our theology. I mean, this is what Nick said a minute ago, but this is when, when we, when the, those that, that wrote down Genesis one and two, who were, you know, a part of, creating that they were writing it in a context where people were putting all these myths up about how the creation, how the world was created. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not remembering the, the language for it, but the, Bab- like the Babylonian the creation story. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, yeah. So all of these in the context that Genesis was, was kind of constructed and, and written that the goal seems so clearly that they were trying to say that while other traditions are saying this is how the world was created. And most of those stories, those that you just mentioned, Josh are chaotic and, and the gods are really in a, in a lot of ways responsible for chaos. And, but in, in, in Christian's creation narrative, it's so much the opposite. It's as a matter of fact, God's create taking what, what seemed chaotic and creating something that he says from the beginning, he saw that it was good. Um, and, and that is so important to what we believe about creation, what we believe about humanity's purpose in the world. And unfortunately, I think a fundamental understanding of this is a literal event. This is the purpose of these books is to tell us how the earth was created and how humanity was created. It, it just diminishes the purpose of it so much in my view. And that that's my view. Um, but I think that I, and, and I think that that's why most Christians nowadays and, and through the years have been okay with destruction of the earth, have been okay with um, doing all of these things to the earth that are destructive. And any pushback to environmentalism is, is almost like what we talked about with Darwinism. It's demonized. Um, and so, for me, as somebody who deeply loves and cares for creation, and I think, you know, you mentioned this, Nick, that, that young earth creationists have a love and appreciation for creation. They do. Um, but I think it can also lead to this um, this view that, and, and we're getting into a lot of different things here, but um, that that creation doesn't really matter and that our role in cre- our role as human beings is so detached from creation. Whereas I think when we read creation narrative, as a, this is what, what the purpose of this and being in our Bible and being Holy Scripture and us saying as God breathed is to say that this tells us why God created the world. And this tells us what our role as Christ, as people, as human beings are, which is to till and care for the earth. Um, yeah, so that's my answer to that. <laughs> but if this part's not true, how can we trust the rest of the Bible? So true there, that language of true is important because I don't think I'm saying it's not true, you know, and that's, that, that so, would be my, that would I don't be know my what quick are, answer I don't, to that. What are people, what's the actual question that people say? If this part's not fact, how can we say the rest of it's factual? Is that what right, they say? Yeah. What's the rebuttal? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, for me, that when people ask that question, it I really have a hard time even giving You're just like it I'm done with this conversation. Attention. <laughs> yeah, it's just like when people are like, 
you know, when people, when you say, okay, systemic racism is a fact and people are like, well, what about white people who are killed by cops? And you're like, okay, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even having this conversation. Cause I don't think that people, when they respond like that, they don't actually, they don't genuinely, they're not, that question isn't coming from a genuine place of inquisitiveness. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's it's an apologetic um, yeah. argument point. Would I'm would you say something similar, Tyler? Yeah. I, again, this just goes back to me. Just I just don't feel like I'm skilled enough okay. to debate. Um, and and maybe that's a problem. Maybe that's something I need to address in myself because it it does feel like it's not well. And I mean, I guess I would respond and say, you know again that that you know you're you're defining truth as being um a very narrow thing i mean i'm saying that genesis 1 and 1 through 3 is true because it said it tells us it tells us about humanity you know it's almost like saying that the prodigal son story is true that it's true about human nature it's true about god's nature um, but is there a literal story? I mean, I don't think that Jesus intended that that for that to be a literal story. He was telling it to to give us an image of what what is happening when mm-hmm. we when we leave yes. God, when we depart from God, and what is happening when we return to God, and what God is is doing. I want to I want to jump to talk about science issues today, specifically around climate change and stuff. But before I do that. I want to touch on something else that has problematic in the Christian tradition. Um, and even though the creation story is, is part of the Hebrew Bible, it's part of the Jewish faith. Uh, the Christian tradition has um, at, at part, historically at parts. Some of the Christian tradition has wanted to cut out parts of the Bible um, for various reasons. Um, and I don't think anyone's ever said, Hey, we need to cut out the creation story because we, we have this new thing about evolution. I'm not, I don't hear y'all saying that. Um, but what I do hear y'all saying is these two can go together so well that it helps you appreciate scripture more and it helps you appreciate creation more. Um, and and so it's valuable if someone were to say, Hey, we need to cut out this part of the Bible. Although we, I don't think that any of us would hold to that. Um, uh, we would we would disagree and say, "I hey, know this is this is a valuable piece of scripture." And though you think about it differently and, and take it a little bit more literally than I might, we can both agree that it's valuable. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe y'all want to say something else to that, but if not, I'd love to turn towards asking about uh, today how and you've already hinted at it and and i'm not trying to turn the bible into a science book but what does the bible what can the bible say about scientific issues today and let's just stick with the creation uh rather than scientific issues around uh like cloning or anything like that um we'll just stick with what can the bible say uh about the issues we're navigating right now regarding the environment and, and sustainability and care. Um, if you could say it, there may be a couple sentences. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. I I've, I've given thought to this. Um, I've, I've, and, re- and this is this quote, I've, I've been listening to people talk about Dietrich Bonhoeffer um, in light of the current black lives matter movement. Um, and, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, when he was making his decisions, you know, as far as like working against, um, you know, Hitler was that he and I'm paraphrasing, but he talked about our theology needs to be informed by our rec- our understanding of material reality. And I think that you, our theology and our understanding of the world has to come with this has to be informed with this dialogue of what's happening in the material world. When it comes to climate change, you know, the, the science is clear. What, um, what fossil fuels are doing 
to the environment and then what and what access plastics are doing to um to the you know to the ozone layer and to the ocean and things like that um and a lot of and unfortunately a lot of in this i'm not saying for all young earth creationists but a lot of the arguments that come out of it too that are like oh but people are being sinful you know California is experiencing lots of fires because it accepts right. gay people all the time. You know, things things like that. Those are just not rooted in material. It's a liberal reality. wasteland, Nick. Um, <laughs> it's I'm a not... liberal wasteland. It's oh, going to sink right into the ocean. <laughs> so that's 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 where I come. When we when we look at science, when we look at evolution, we have to look at it's the rec- we have to recognize the the reality we may not we not may we may not be able to fully grasp what rea- reality is but mm-hmm. we have to we have to dialogue with it and and that's that's what it, it's it's no different with climate change yeah so i think we're moving we're we're connecting some important dots here of how our interpretation and belief of the bible our understanding of the natural world um our understanding of science and scientific discovery and how it is related to our ethic. Um, and so. Oh yeah, you're right. And because God's involved yeah. with the world, that's why we should yeah. care. Sorry. And keep so, going. Um, you know, really what we're getting into is to answer that question, Josh, is how, how is our Christian faith, our, our tradition and our scripture and our reason <laughs> And our experience. Oh my gosh! How is that shaping? <laughs> how is that shaping our ethics? Um, and I think that that's going to be that's going to be how we. That's how scripture can can make a difference mm. in the way we do science and and the things that we're, you know, do the scientific discoveries we're seeking. I, maybe more could be said about science and specifically maybe more could be said about how science has been disregarded when we think about the earth, because so many of so much of the American holiness theology was, it doesn't matter because we're not planning to stay here anyway. Right. Yep. We're getting out of here. Maybe more could have been said about that, but we didn't get to talk about it, but maybe just one final question. What are your final thoughts on this topic, this conversation? So I'm going to use, I've enjoyed this conversation, but I want to, I want to mention this because I just think it's so fascinating. Um, But I remember being, I remember science being used and I mentioned this earlier, but science being used almost like as a source of apologetics growing up, almost as like proving that Christianity existed. And I just discovered this very, very recently in my life, but I was always told that one of the proofs that the creation narrative is literal is that men have one less rib than women. And I learned that that is not necessarily true. (laughs) And I just think that that is a good example. And I think anybody who holds that and teaches that view probably do it very, um, you know, very genuinely. That's what they believe. That's what they've been told to believe. And so it's just kind of, um, it's just fascinating to me to think about how um, how our beliefs kind of just mm. are shaped um, in this in this sort of way. And so, anyway, I just think that's fascinating to think about, um, and and it should it should say something to us mm. about about how we're talking about things in the church. Mm. Yeah, I um, I don't want to assert like my my views onto anyone because i think this is what that that understanding the com- approach to conversation um in general and particularly about creation um is 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 a problem um but i think that we as or people in the church i think that this conversation needs to happen more in relation to how the what's happening with the earth right now mm. um and not just climate change but how you know societies and people have treated other people how we treat animals um and i think that um 
I think that uh, there's people who are six day creationists who those con- that's part of their concern as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's part of their Christian ethic, as you kind of talked about, Tyler, there's there's ethics involved. Um, and I think I, that's what I want these conversations to be open so that we can, you know, we as a church can bring be the hands and feet of Christ, you know, bring let heaven and earth meet as the kingdom of heaven, mm. you know, that sort of symbolism and 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 work for the betterment of our world. Um, and I'd like to see us get away from disembodied understandings of creation and sci- and letting that inform our science. Um, so that's, that's kind of my thoughts and where I wish we would go. Hmm. Thanks for joining us for this latest episode of the Wild Faith Adventure podcast, where we talked about science. Um, we are hoping to um, end the Taboo Topic series and move on to something different. So if you want to correspond with us, um, I know that Josh has been linking some ways you can contact us in the description of the episode. Um, so where, and you can also contact, contact us on the interwebs. Uh, Josh and Tyler, where can we find you on the internet? Josh, hit me with it. Yeah, you can reach me on Instagram, and on Instagram, you can go to the link in my bio. It's got all the links, but my Instagram handle is at Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N, period, Josh23. That's a numerically 23, not spelled out. It was like the most nerdy way to give a, a, a sign ever, but... <laughs> uh, you can If you can find me on Instagram as well, Tyler G. W underscore Smith. Uh, that's my Instagram profile. There's also a link to mine and my wife's blog on there, leftwithhope.com. Check that out. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at NJS Polk. Um, also, link in the description for some of our creative endeavors. All of us uh, do stuff. We've got blogs, we've got vlogs, we do some writing. Uh, check out our stuff. Um, and talk to us because we want to hear from you and talk to you guys. Bye. Peace. See ya.